Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode, Rights Erosion, the Administration of Truth and Combating COVID. Boy, do we have a information-packed episode lined up for you guys, but before we do, let's go ahead and let this beat ride. It's sexy, and I like it that way. can't be understated and it can't be highlighted enough that every day that we are still here every week that we are able to provide you guys with a new episode a new chronicle in this era of chaos is a blessing it truly is a blessing and an honor to be here before you good people today and to have the setup that we have man that's something I really feel like should be highlighted because as we continue to grow, diversify the information, expand on these platforms, and get dug in, <laughs> it's, it's, it's got to be highlighted. It's got to be said because it's because of your guys' continued support, the drive to get the work out there, and the epic aspect to the time frame that we're in that we're able to provide this to you. So really... Pat yourself on the back. And if you're with a homie right now, shake their hand. Do that fist bump. Let them know that we're just getting started. (laughs) Wow. Wow. What can I say? You know, they want to call us non-essential. Obsolete. What kind of rhetoric is this? What do you think is going to happen? You talk to people like that. You got to recognize people's power. You have to recognize that spark of divinity within them. Massage it. Right. Work with it a little bit. No. Instead, they want you to get comfortable with the idea of embracing darkness. They want to get you comfortable with the idea of abdicating your humanity, abdicating your individuality. Not standing for anything, not believing in anything. What kind of nonsense is that? They want that. The rule of man, not the rule of law. But we all know man is corrupt. We're not infallible creatures. Yeah, we have a very, very interesting uh, episode lined up for you guys. And clearly, it's not even an episode. If anything, it's a. Uh, it's 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 a it's a stamp. It's a mark. It's a it is a, a a capturing, a chronicling again of the times that we are in, and I am grateful uh, to be your curator, to be your host, to provide you with such information. And with that being said, let's start the show. This is season eleven, episode three. How do you talk about the gradual erosion of our rights? 
how do you put a somewhat positive spin on this? And I don't think there is going to be a way for me to do so, team. I think the, 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 the positive spin is being able to shoot you straight and, uh, you know, really be able to assess the situation. Really being able to look at things and say, this is fact, this is reality, this is truth. I don't like it. That's why I have to agree with it. <laughs> you see, you know, these articles, the things we put together for you good people, these productions, again, they're just snapshots. They're chronicles. They're a way for us to encapsulate the time frame that we are in. You know, I thought about, I thought about this before I went on a hike earlier this morning. I was like, shucks, I don't really think I put a whole lot of production into the show. I really don't. And I say that as I have uh, like two studies sitting here, uh, last week's last week's notes, uh, this week's Instagram live notes, some topics I'd like to talk to you guys about and more, and, you know, endless amounts of articles, videos pulled up, dope tracks bringing us in. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't really think I put a whole lot of production into the show. I think what what this really is, is me trying to get comfortable in my ability to deliver the information to you guys. It's not necessarily production, like I ain't putting no makeup and things like this, but this is my ability to convey the times that we are in. Again, to use the information as a vehicle to get the information out. I mean, to, to get the message out. You know, because wisdom and knowledge is not information and data. But you guys get what I'm trying to say. The world we're living in is becoming vastly strange. Clown world, some might say. Uh, the New World Order, others might. The scientific dictatorship, the satanic inversion of the society we've built so far. There's a lot of different ways to attribute it, but people understand innately what's going on. You know, I'll say this. And I'll start getting into the topics with you guys. I had this like epiphanous moment, this revelatory like sign where this just like this, 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 this instance where I was like, oh my God, we are literally having the right, we are having, we are having our rights taken from us. Like thousands of years of worth, thousands of years of work that got us to this point being taken away in minutes and people really, truly can't comprehend it because, well, they're in a trance-like state, they're distracted and it just, it, it, it's, it's, it's so crazy to me to see all these things take place, but at the same time to see society in such a lull. You know, while you have some people desperately trying to figure out how to get involved, uh, you have other people that are like, no, I'm good here. I'm just going to put my mask on. I'm waiting for the vaccine. Did you see all the NBA players got theirs? You should get yours too. And while this is happening, you have people like fighting mandatory vaccinations, you know, coming up with pamphlets, leaflets, QR codes to get the information out there. You have other people that are like, wow, these people are silly. I'm going to wear five masks today. I hope I don't have a, <laughs> I, I, I hope I don't have a, I hope I don't choke myself, basically. And it's just so crazy to see this dueling and competing reality uh, as things take place because it's, 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 it's all happening so fast. And in, and, 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 and we're moving at lightning speed. It is truly just, again, terrifying magnificent uh, it, it leaves me sometimes awestruck and clearly at a loss for words uh because what's happening truly is a blitzkrieg 
against our rights and against humanity. We will quickly begin to see uh, this, uh, this, this, this again, this anti-human nature to COVID-19 surface where humans are bad, where humans are dangerous. And how did that happen? How do we go from exalting the, 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 the divinity within man to saying, wow, you better put that mask on and stop breathing. You're emitting carbon emissions. I bet you voted for America. I bet you voted for Trump. I bet you love your country. How dare you? You, you believe there's two genders? It's, it's, it's crazy, you know, how they've just been able to flip society on its head simply through political correctness, uh, pseudo, pseudo philosophy, what they call wokeism and things like this. I've told you guys to watch out for that for years. And here we are to where people's minds are so open minded that we're throwing out everything we knew and more. And so as they create new laws, new rules, I wouldn't call them laws, you know, it's, it, 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 it's just truly uh, incredible to see as a whole. But I, I, again, I'm ranting. Uh, let's go ahead and start getting into the episode for you guys. This segment, uh, the rights erosion. I was going to call this segment Watch, uh, uh, Watcher's Rights, but it didn't sit well. I thought it was better for me to... <laughs> Call it that, the rights erosion, because they're literally waging war on, a, on their fellow Americans, on anybody that doesn't have a agreed opinion, and so much more. But here, check this article out. It comes from Activist Post. They put this up February 1st. U.S. corruption hits highest since 2012 amid COVID bailouts and democracy doubts. As if you needed an article to tell you that. What it begins to talk about is how we have hit the corruption peak. This is what I'm telling you. They, you see them literally doing away with the Constitution, doing away with the Bill of Rights, uh, gradually beginning to introduce globalism into America, saying that we no longer have rights, that we are now beholden to a, 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 a global corporate dictatorship, the technocracy, the scientific dictatorship. Let's read this and we'll continue on. It says that Transparency International has released its 2020 Corruption Perceptions Index, which gauges levels of perceived public sector corruption in 180 uh, countries and territories around the world. The index scores them on a scale of zero, highly corrupt, to 100, which is clean, with the average score just 43 out of 100. As Statistica's Neil McCarthy notes, two-thirds... Two thirds of countries scored less than fifty. Less than fifty. The research found that corruption was rampant across the world in 2020, and that it undermined the response to COVID-19, threatened the global recovery, and contributed to democratic blacks backsliding. I would agree. Says Transparency International states that 2020 has shown that COVID is not just a health and economic crisis, but also a corruption crisis. When it comes to healthcare in particular. Corruption takes many forms, such as bribery, embezzlement, overpricing, favoritism, and more. Reports of corruption have grown since the pandemic broke out, and countless lives were lost due to the issue undermining a fair and equitable global response. And we'll get into that in the third segment, too, where you have uh, people in China selling us faulty vaccines, and we just think it's the cat's meow. We're following them right off a cliff. <laughs> but again... Here's that corruption. Getting back into the article, it says countries with the high investment in healthcare tended to perform better in the index with corruption diverting money away from, from essential services. Uh, governments that saw higher corruption levels, regardless of the economic development, tended to invest less in their health systems. In 2020, the countries with the lowest perceived levels of public 
sector uh, corruption were Denmark and New Zealand with a score of 88, followed by Finland, Singapore, Switzerland, and Sweden. The opposite, index, the opposite end of the index saw that South Sudan and Somalia scoring just 12, wow, making them the worst offenders. Syria, Yemen, and Venezuela were also among the lowest scoring countries. The United States came only in 25th with a score of 67, its worst performance since 2012. Since the Transparency International attributes this to, the, to its unprecedented $1 trillion COVID-19 relief package, which, quote, raised serious anti-corruption concerns and marked a significant retreat from long-standing democratic norms promoting accountable government. Yeah, basically, when COVID-19 hit, we just threw the rule book right out the window, and we're still dealing with that. Where you have Joe Biden uh, basically not even advocating. He already signed into law these federal mask mandates where you have to wear them on federal land. And if not, you'll get fined, possibly even arrested. You felon. Look at you, you dirty human. Put your mask on. And this is where we're at. Again, the rights erosion. Oh, but unfortunately, we are just getting started in this tale of insanity. To where, like I said, you are being not only criticized, but chastised for having an opposing view. Shucks, I wouldn't even call it like an opposing view. Having any kind of view. <laughs> it's not about left or right. Unfortunately, now it's, it's, it's that you think at all. It's that you have an opinion. Right? It's that you're not putting on five masks and strangling yourself like Jeffrey Epstein. How dare you breathe? <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. But here, uh, let's get back into this right here. This is an article that comes from News Punch. They put this up February 1st. It's by Nima Harris. It says, Media now demanding Republicans are put on a domestic terror watch list. Oh, that escalated very quickly. It's like 15 days to slow the spread. And now we're over here talking about isolation centers, you know, uh, health passports, and things like this. And now Republicans are supposed to be put on a Watch list, a terror watch list. <laughs> this, is a, this, this comes after they said that, hey, uh, libertarians, nativists, anarchists, any of these type of people that are ists are against the system. Like, this is crazy. Let's get into this. It says that the media are now demanding that Republicans are put on a domestic terror watch list because of the presence of members like Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's been making a rounds around the news outlets uh, this week. It says left-wing mainstream journalist Harold Meyerson published a column over the weekend advocating putting the entire Republican Party on the domestic terror watch list. Meyerson writes that go to Green's Twitter account and you'll find her liking tweets that called for shooting Nancy Pelosi and executing FBI agents for their, quote, deep state persecutions of Donald Trump. Yeah, so these guys can burn down buildings. They can attack (laughs) They can, they can cause billions worth of damage, but if you say anything on Twitter that sounds mildly offensive or violent, even in a political context, you need to be put onto a watch list. <laughs> Insanity. It goes on to say that I suppose the equivalent of that would, be, would have been to have Democratic members of Congress applauding the shooting of House Republican Whip Steve Scalise, except no Democratic members of Congress did that. Rather, they all expressed horror and condemnation. But the Republicans' indulgence of Greens in their ranks, and there are many such, is of a piece with their overwhelming refusal to hold Trump's re- Trump responsible for the insurrection at the Capitol. 
much less their own current colleagues, such as Arizona's Paul Gosar and Andy Biggs, who also encouraged the January 6th rioters. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution says that no government official can hold office, quote, who, having previously taken an oath to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in the insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. That surely applies to Trump, but it, is, but it, but it increasingly appears that it should also apply to most Republican members of Congress as well. Breitbart.com reports that similar thoughts are finding their way into opinion pieces in mainstream publications. The Washington Post, for example, recently published an op-ed titled What the, what the 1798 Sedition, got, Sedition Act Got Right and What It Means Today. The column said that there are dangerous, that, that said that the danger of, quote, misinformation meant that free speech was not enough to sort out fact from fiction and that the opponents of the Sedition Act, quote, were wrong to conclude that the truth would necessarily prevail in an open exchange of information. Yeah, so because, again, you have your own point of view, a differing point of view from the state. With a weaponized media, you need to be put onto a watch list. And we'll be talking about the Ministry of Truth. We'll be talking about all this stuff. There are people calling for the cancelization of free speech, saying that there is, there's no longer any need for speech. I'm not sure why people are surprised. We live in an age, a dystopian age, where we have people wearing masks, shades, headphones, gloves, to where they don't care what you look like, they don't care what you say, they don't care what you, wh- wh- what's going on. That's what I meant earlier when I was talking in the intro about the dystopian side, about people who want to be ignorant versus others who are desperately trying to wake them up. But you see, the people who are desperately trying to wake them up or who have already woken up are considered a threat. It's like, how dare you not participate in the joyful destruction of society? How dare you be an individual thinking for yourself? Because here, check this out. Libertarian terrorists? Ron Paul warns that the Capitol riot is being used to push an anti-liberty agenda. This comes from Ron Paul of the Ron Paul Institute, but... The folks over there at Planet Free Will picked it up on February 1st. And before I get into this, this is exactly what we were talking about at the start of the show. How COVID-19 was literally a way for them to just not only only wipe out the middle class, but run roughshod on us, erode our rights, and destroy civil liberties. There are countless studies that prove this. Mask Nazis? Federal mask mandates? My God, are you serious? (laughs) And now... I'm a domestic terrorist because I'm like, this is an overreach. Like, this is what happens when you give government massive amounts of power and we listen to these dirtbags. This is what happens again whenever you have, like, I guess, like a sit, not, not, not like a nanny state. That's the best way to describe it. You have, again, the state declaring war against the very people it's supposed to protect. This is an anti liberty agenda. An anti-human agenda. Let's get into this. This is the Department of Homeland Security issued on Wednesday a nationwide terror alert lasting until April 30th. The alert warns of potential terrorist attacks from Americans who are, quote, ideologically motivated and have, quote, objections to the exercise of government authority and the presidential transition, as well as other perceived grievances fueled by false narratives. We talked about that just last week. And how they were saying, oh, look at these people who are using the Constitution. Look at these militia organizations. Look at what they're doing. That's what I'm telling you. Half of these protests and half of the things that are going on out there in the streets are traps. 
you see. That's where you got to get the law behind you on the side. Even if it is corrupt, you've got to figure out how to thread that needle to do the work. Somebody sent us in our Telegram chat uh, the, the, the Sheriff's Handbook. So we've got to put out, we've got to print out the Sheriff's Handbook and Black's Law because we've got to get educated, right? Just last, just last year, that's what we figured out with, the, with, with hybrid warfare, lawfare, legal warfare. COVID-19 was also that. It was, it was the evolution of warfare, you see. And so this is a part of it, being equipped, learning the tools that you have, learning your resources, learning your rights outside of the Constitution, outside of the Bill of Rights and things like this and more. Because legal and lawful are two different things. But here, I'm, I'm, I'm digressing. Look at me having an ideologically motivated speech. How dare I? Let me get back into this article. It says, the language used in this alert suggests that millions of Americans are potential terrorists. <laughs> Second Amendment supporting anti-war, anti-tax, anti-politics, anti-militarization, pro-life, and anti-Federal Reserve activists certainly have, quote, objections to the exercise of government authority. They are certainly viewed by the political class and its handmaidens in big tech and the mainstream media as ideological extremists. Anyone who gets his news from sources other than the mainstream media or big tech or who uses certain, quote, unapproved social media platforms is considered to have this grievance or have this, quote, grievance is fueled by false narratives. For something to be considered a false narrative, it need only to contradict the, quote, official narrative. The domestic terrorists alert is the latest sign that activities on January 6th Capitol, like the attacks on September 11th, are being used to advance a long-standing anti-liberty agenda. Legislation expanding the federal government's authority to use its surveillance and other unconstitutional powers against, quote, domestic terrorists is likely to soon be considered by Congress. Just as the Patriot Act was written years before 2001, this legislation was written long before January 6th. The bill's proponents are simply taking advantage of the hysteria following the so-called insurrection to push the bill onto the congressional agenda. Like, (laughs) this is a nervous, nervous laughter. I say that because I'm already hearing people in my own local area say those darn Trump supporters, those darn white supremacists, how dare they go to the Capitol? Those insurrectionists, they need to be arrested. They say, mijo, have you seen? Have you seen some of the pictures from the Capitol, Ryan? There's a Confederate flag there. There are black people and brown people and white people and yellow people there all together. Do you know what that flag stands for, mijo? I was like, yeah. But did you see how many other American flags were there? And I don't really think they're kind of racist if... All the black, brown, white, and yellow folks is all getting together. I don't think, you know, it's about the Confederate flag. I think it's about, like, that, that kinship. I mean, yeah, they might be racist, but, you know, it, 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 it's, it's just very interesting to see how many different people are perceiving this and what's going on and how, how they interpret it. You know, because this is the mainstream media, again, depicting anybody who has an alternative viewpoint as a domestic terrorist. And the sad part is, is you have, like, I remember whenever they said, oh, Parler is the safe hub for all these white supremacists and all these terrorists. And I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of crazy because I'm just putting out information there. I don't think that's, that's, that's a fair assessment. And so whenever we have these generalizations and these demonizations, you know, this is really arrogance and ignorance at play and people trying to grandstand acting like they know what they're doing. 
But this is where we're at with this, with, with, with the virtue signaling social justice warrior aspect to where people don't know how to think for themselves. They don't know how to go after information. They don't know how to research. They don't know how to discern information and figure out what, 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 what is truth from fiction. And that's what the big brother nanny state reality is. That's the anti-liberty agenda. That's a 1984 aspect of COVID-19. Obey big brother. We know what's best for you. Shut up, put your mask on, and we'll tell you when you can come outside of your house. Uh, but here, let me get back into this article, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. It says, former CIA director John Brennan recently singled out libertarians as among the people the government should go after. This is not the first time libertarians have been smeared. In 2009, a federally funded fusion center identified people who supported my presidential campaign, Ron Paul's presidential campaign for liberty, or certain libertarians and Constitution Party candidates as potentially violent extremists. It says that the idea that libertarianism creates terrorists is absurd. Libertarians support the non-aggression principle, so they reject using force to advance their political goals. They rely instead on peaceful persuasion. Libertarianism is being attacked because it does not support just reforming a few government policies. Instead, it presents a formidable intellectual challenge to the entire welfare warfare state. The ultimate goal of those pushing for a crackdown, quote, on domestic terrorism, is to make people unwilling to even consider, quote, radical ideas, to make people so afraid of certain ideas that they refuse to even give those ideas a fair hearing. And I would have to agree, Dr. Rod Paul, I would most likely and definitely have to agree. Because now, you're, you're, you, what's happening is you're terrifying people into not thinking for themselves. You don't want to be like any of those Republicans, do you? Those terrorists over there. I hear some of them are white supremacists. You know, I hear they love America, too. Hey, you're not one of them free-thinking libertarians, are you, that need the thinking that we need to reform the, the system, do you? You don't believe in that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, do you? You don't think that the Federal Reserve's actually federal, do you? Hey, what are you doing with that book over there? Come pick up your phone and get outraged with me. <laughs> did you did you see what Trump said? You know, it it it, it truly is again fascinating uh, to to see this all go down in lifetime. Like an act, not only are we seeing like an active brainwashing campaign go on, uh, but we're also seeing behind the scenes like a public experiment go on with COVID nineteen. So it's just very, very interesting to see people practice this disassociative behavior. And the best way to combat disassociative behavior is to be productive, to replace it with productive behavior. But, but here, getting back into things, check this out. Since you don't want to be one of those dirty Republicans, uh, this comes from Nima Harris over there in News Punch as well. It says uh, Sophia Bush says that it's time to officially label Republicans as terrorists. Yeah. Republic, uh, Representative Speer put this up on Twitter saying that the Republicans have been calling Democrats the radical left. Maybe it's time to call Republicans the terrorist right. She responded saying that it's been time. Says Trump hating Hollywood star Sophia Bush is now advocating for labeling Republicans as terrorists. Oh, says in a shocking tweet, the actress declared that it was about time that Republicans get slapped with the terrorist label. Sophia was responding to a tweet from former Representative Speer, who asked, quote, the Republicans have been calling Democrats the radical left. Time to call the Republicans the terrorist right. Bart, Bart, 
Breitbart.com reports that Sophia Bush's incendiary language comes as the left steps up the steps up calls uh, to treat conservatives as terrorists following the January 6th riots on Capitol Hill. The left wing media's touch PAC put on social media uh, video saying that the current GOP is no different than ISIS, while actor Sean Penn compared Trump supporters to Al Qaeda. Last year, the actress praised the Black Lives Matter movement even as its members rioted and looted in cities across the country. In recent months, Sophia Bush has emerged as one of Hollywood's most vocal left-wing activists, teaming up with Stacey Abrams in an effort to get out the minority vote for Democrats during the Georgia runoff elections. As Breitbart News reported, the actress called for the expulsion of Republican members of the Senate who said that they intended to protest the results of the presidential election. So, again, crazy gaslighting that's going on right there. That... These guys can say, not my president for four years, but the minute they were like, hey, these election results seem kind of shaky, they're like, whoa, 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 look at this terrorist. How dare you put him on a no-fly list? He had better not open up his mouth. You see this guy only wearing one mask? How dare he? This is, this is again, the incendiary language, the inflammatory behavior that these people are engaging in to gaslight us into doing something stupid. But again, you've got to understand, these people, our adversaries, are not going to give us credit for any of the progress that we have been able to make. So while they say these things, they do these things, you have to be made full aware of the progress that we've made, the things that we've been able to do, how we've been able to get them to expose so many agendas. And if you ask me, I think the, 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 the rapid nature at which they are trying to come at the Republicans, conservatives, the other side, I think that will actually be their doom because they're going to end up waking up so many people so fast because they, they're, they're, they're like rabid dogs that they're going to fight back. You already have people, again, having Biden voter regret. You already have people switching over to the conservative Republican side. And I know this is left-wing, right-wing politics, left-right paradigm nonsense, right, political theater, but at the same time, is it? I feel like that's what's so different about this. These are not people that are just Democrats. These are people that are globalist-minded. They are trying to sell out the country and absorb us into a global government. So this is no longer like left against right, Democrats against Republicans. I feel like it's gradually becoming like nationalists against globalists. And, 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 and we're seeing one, one form of it, but that's because people are waking up on different levels. And again, I, 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 what I'm trying to say is some of these things will pass, some of them will stick. But again, the rapid nature at which they are doing these things will be their undoing because it is so out there in the open. Uh, evil only works in the shadows. That's why we have to shine a light. But speaking of shining a light on things and something else that is evil, check this out right here, HR127. A new bill in Congress would literally end your Second Amendment rights permanently. And this is gun control on a whole nother level. It literally talks about uh, having like psych tests for gun owners, right? Retroactively getting people to take these psych tests. Like this is, this is what the Civil War, what some people think is going to kick off Civil War. With gun confiscations, gun registration, psych tests. Like what you're already seeing take place in the military where they're having those ideological purity tests, those loyalty tests, filtering people through, seeing if they have any so-called American or patriotic or conservative views. They don't want that. They want stormtroopers. They want people who are just 
loyal to the state. They don't want people having, again, ideologically motivated thoughts. <laughs> they don't want people doing things for themselves. They, they, they need sheep. They need soldiers. They don't need free-thinking individuals. And the very same thing will apply uh, to H.R. Uh, 127. This is a bill where they're basically filtering gun owners. The idea is that they only want people like it'll, you, you'll have a federal license in order for you to own a gun. Like, this is crazy. So they're bypassing the Constitution where it is your natural right, your God-given right for you to defend yourself. Now, they want it to be a governmental right to where you're allotted the ability for you to take care of yourself. Uh, let's, let's, let's read a little bit of this and then we'll continue on. It comes from Signs of the Time. They put this up February 3rd. It says, if a new bill that has been introduced in Congress eventually becomes law, the Second Amendment will still be in the U.S. Constitution, but all for practical purposes, the rights that it was supposed to guarantee will be dead and gone. H.R. 127 was submitted on January 4th. It contains a lot of technical language. And so in this article, I'm going to try to break down what it means very simply. Now that the Democrats control the White House, the Senate, and the House of Representatives, there is going to be a major push to ram through some, of the, some form of gun control legislation. If it is not this bill, it will be another one, so we need to be diligent. One of the biggest things the H.R. 127 would do is that it would create a national firearms registration system that would literally be accessible to anyone. H.R. 127 establishes a federal firearms registration system that will be accessed by federal, state, and local governments including the military, even the general public. The system will track, make, will track the make, model, and serial numbers of all firearms, their owners, the dates they were acquired, and where they are being stored. So if your neighbor or a coworker or someone that just wanted to rob your house wanted to know where you were, where you were armed, uh, how you were armed, all they would have to do is look it up in the firearm registration system. The bill would also apply retroactively. Within three months, you would have to report to the government where you bought all your guns, where they were purchased, and where they are being currently stored. Needless to say, if the government knows where all your guns are being stored, it would make it much easier for them to grab, to grab them from you at some future date. H.R. 127 would also require all gun owners to be federally licensed. That would mean that owning a gun would no longer be a right. Instead, it would be reduced to a, quote, privilege that the government could take away at any time. According to the bill, the licensing procedure would also include a psychological evaluation. Now think about that. Think about what I just said right there. It is no longer your right to own a firearm and defend yourself. You will have the privilege of being able to defend yourself. So you get a robber in your house, so you don't have the privilege to you don't have the privilege to protect yourself. You better hope you have a bat, a hatchet, a weapon, or something like that. Let's say you don't have the privilege to protect yourself. What happens? You're going to call on somebody else to defend you, the cops? Maybe you're, like, this is, this is crazy. A massive intrusion of your rights. And again, a psychological evaluation, a profile. So having a concealed carry license isn't enough. Having to go through that whole class <laughs> to own and purchase and conceal a firearm is, is, isn't enough. They now want you to go through a psychological evaluation and to have a federal license in order for you to have the, quote, privilege to protect yourself. This is this is we're only a couple weeks into Biden's presidency and they are like they can't even say they're not coming for your guns. You've got Jin Saki over there laughing at the scoffing at the idea of 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 the Space Force while they're pushing stuff out like this. This is crazy. We got four years of this crap. 
getting back into this, it says that the licensing, the licensing requirement mandates that the license applicant undergoes a criminal background check and then submits to a psychological evaluation to determine whether the person is psychologically unsuited to, to possess a firearm. Successful licenses must show that they, are, they, they have an insurance policy, which will cost $800. I know a lot of guys out there that would definitely not want to go through any sort of close psychological evaluation by a government-approved psychologist. And it wouldn't just be you, they would get interviewed. According to the bill, spouses and other family members would be interviewed as well. For the psychological evaluation, a licensed psychologist will interview individual spouses and at least two other family members or associates to, quote, further, de further determine the state of the, mental, of the mental, emotional, and relational stability of the individual in relation to firearms. Licenses will be denied to individuals hospitalized for issues such as depressive episodes. No duration for a licensed disability is, is specified, and it does not matter whether the individual sought help voluntarily. The goal, of course, is to make owning guns as difficult as possible. Democrats figure that if they can put up as many barriers to get gun ownership as possible, a lot less people will end up owning them. Thirdly, this bill would also greatly restrict the type of ammunition you can own. Finally, H.R. 127 also criminalizes the possession of, quote, large capacity magazines, those carrying greater than 10 rounds, and, quote, ammunition that is 50 caliber or greater. <laughs> oh, my God. This is crazy. That's what I mean by rights erosion. Saying right, right there, right off the bat, these darn dirty conservatives. You know, it makes me, it, it, it kind of makes me think about all the crazy things that are going on. Enrique Tarrio, the Proud Boys being arrested, Proud Boys being labeled a domestic terrorist organization in Canada. Right, having all these capital protesters basically arrested, facial recognize, facially recognized through software, and then arrested. Like it's just regular. That's what I mean by them arresting the leadership, defining them as terrorists, calling them extremists, decapitating the head of the resistance movement. That way people spiral out of control. This is crazy. Well, I'm sure we'll talk more about that in the future because that's insane. They're literally telling you that if you want to own a firearm, we're going to tell you whether or not you have the ability to own that. But I tell you what, like this is the crazy thing is, is you see them trying to march us off of a cliff, push backing us into a corner. Saying that if you do anything outside of the system, you'll you, like you're already considered a criminal. Like thinking about H.R. 127 just makes me think about, you know, 3D printed guns the black market and things like that. But my God, how are you, how are you a criminal for wanting to find cracks within the system to still protect yourself because the system itself doesn't protect you. It postures itself as if it is actually uh, a, a savior, as if it is actually a defender of your rights, when really it isn't. It is a destroyer of rights. It is an eater of liberties. We've been saying this forever, and now it's coming out there in the open. Who's to say that, oh, like, give it time. They will say that what we are doing right now by the podcast, this is domestic terrorist speak. This is ideologically motivated domestic terrorist speak. Look at this extremist. Look at this extremist. Put two and two together and figure out our plan. How dare he? But this is what I mean by the inversion. Because again, your adversary is never going to give you the credit 
for spotlighting them, highlighting them, and calling them out. Criminals that have run rampant forever, never held accountable. And they can quickly see that people are waking up, like I said, reading, this, reading the Sheriff's Handbook, reading things like Agenda 2030, reading thing like, things like the Black's Law, reading things like the Constitution, reading things like Agenda 21, Codex Alimentarius, figuring out these communistic goals. We're, we're, we're understanding the game, right? But you see, as people become more and more informed, they're going to call them radicals. They're going to call them extremists. They're going to call them terrorists. But as we've said before, one man's terrorists is another man's freedom fighter. Right? You've got to understand. I'm sure they would call, in this day and age, I'm sure they would call Jesus Christ himself a religious extremist. Look at this man turning water into wine. <laughs> he's probably, he's, it, it, it's, it's crazy because this is government run amok. This is what happens when people don't stand up and become armed with the, with the facts and the truth. Yes, this is a plan that they've had in place for quite some time. But that doesn't mean that we can give up and let them win. That doesn't mean that we can give up without a fight. But here, getting back into things, check this out right here. Former CIA counterinsurgency officer urges the U.S. government to use war tactics against domestic extremists like those who stormed the Capitol. This is an article that comes from Jim Hoft over there, the Gateway Pundit. They put this up February 3rd. And think about that. They're comparing you to ISIS. They're comparing you to Al-Qaeda. And that's crazy because, again, I've got to ask, what is the effective ideology that these people are trying to promote? It seems like they don't want people to be thinking at all let alone whether or not you voted for Trump. Like, this is the craziest time in history to me. I'm an I'm a, I'm a extremist if I don't wear a mask, and I'm a radical if I, if I don't believe in thefts, and if I can see through the lies. Like, it, it, it's crazy. That movie, They Live, is truly something else, man. But that's, that's where we're at right now. Uh, but here, let me get into this, and then we'll continue on. It says, Robert Grenier who served as the CIA station chief for Pakistan and Afghanistan in 2001, wants the U.S. government to use war tactics like those used in Afghanistan and Iraq against domestic extremists like those who stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Of course, these same experts see nothing wrong with Black Lives Matter destroying $2 billion worth of property and thousands of livelihoods back in 2020. Black Lives Matter and Antifa mobs have caused over $1 billion in damages in cities across America since May. In Minneapolis alone, Black Lives Matter mobs damaged and destroyed over 1,500 businesses or buildings. Over 700 police officers were injured in the BLM riots, and that was back in June. Anyway, NPR reported that when it comes to domestic extremists, such as those who stormed the Capitol, a longtime CIA officer argues that the U.S. should treat them as an insurgency. That means using counterinsurgency tactics. Similar, in some ways, to those who used in the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. Robert Grenier served as the CIA station chief for Pakistan and Afghanistan in 2001. He went on to become the CIA's Iraq mission manager and then director of the CIA's counterterrorism center from 2004 to 2006. Quote, we may be witnessing the dawn of a sustained wave of violent insurgency within our own country, perpetrated by our own countrymen, Grenier, said, or Grenier wrote in the New York Times last week. 
and without national action, he argues, quote, extremists who seek a social apocalypse are capable of producing endemic political violence of a sort not seen in this country since the Reconstruction. Since the Reconstruction. We need to be treated like terrorists. We need to be routed out. We need to be told that you extremists have no place here. <laughs> That's crazy to me. All of this is crazy. They are, they are waging war against their own people. This is literally a government that has become punch drunk and power mad. That literally can't recognize itself. That has become so engrossed with power that it really can't see anything wrong with what it's doing. But again, you got to ask, what's the, what is the double standard there to where Black Lives Matter Antifa can go out there and riot forever and ever and ever? Like 100 days, I think, right? National Guard doesn't get sent in. They start the whole defund the policement movement. We see this whole Chaz Chop thing go down. Like, what is the gaslighting to where if the Republicans do it at the Capitol, is that why? Is because it was on like a federal land and they're like, oh, wow, that's why we have to come at them versus uh, the cities and the towns and the villages where they have protests. So is that the is that the difference right there? That because it was on federal land, federal property, our capital, our nation's capital, that is that what made it like an actual crime? Because it doesn't seem like they care if you know, civilians destroy their own neighborhood and if they destroy like other people's livelihoods, it, it, it doesn't seem like they care at all. If anything, they enjoy it because it makes them more dependent on the system. Oh, but if you go to the Capitol, get let in, and then begin to, I suppose, storm the Capitol, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a well, what would be considered a peaceful show of force before they shot Ashley Babbitt in the neck. And let her bleed out there. Uh, but you, you, you get what I'm saying. Is that the difference? And that's why some people are saying that it could be a setup. You see. Uh, but uh, here, we are going to play a quick clip for you guys and then go ahead and start closing out this segment. Uh, the sad part is, is it brings me no joy saying up any of this type of stuff, putting, putting up any of these type of things. Uh, the sad part is, with the rights erosion segment, I'm gradually talking about how they have declared martial law. This is the police state. This is the war. This is the war against us, right? They have the war against drugs. The, the, the war against drugs. The war against terror. Things like this. And now it's a war against us. Remember just last week we were saying that uh, uh, not Kamala Harris. Ah, uh, shucks. What was her name? Tulsi Gabbard had asked Joe Biden, have you declared martial law? Well, he may not do that. Your, your enemies wouldn't do that. They're not going to tell you these things. They're not going to actively declare that we're in a state of war. They're just going to go ahead and start arresting what they call the opposition and definitely detaining people and putting people on domestic terror watch lists. But here is Tucker Carlson saying that Biden is letting troops in, accepting more daily, and he doesn't know when they're going to go home. Welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Happy Monday. The news is moving with bewildering speed, in case you haven't noticed. We've noticed. No presidential administration has ever changed so many basic institutions and facts of American life. 
and done it so quickly. We've done our best to bring you nightly updates on what's happening for the week and a half that Joe Biden has been president, but at times it's overwhelming. There's just too much to cover. Today, for example, we learned that the Biden administration plans to make the tiny District of Columbia our 51st state, a more corrupt English-speaking version of Monaco, as if lobbyists in Washington didn't have enough control over your life. Now they'll be U.S. senators. But that's not even the biggest news. Just a few hours ago, Biden officials informed us that after almost 65 years of working to build a nuclear weapon, the nation of Iran may be finally, and you'll find this amazing, quote, just weeks away from getting a bomb. After 65 years of trying, what a coincidence. You already know how that story is going to end. Another pointless foreign war, trillions spent, many dead, the United States gaining nothing. We've seen that a lot, and it's happening again. Joe Biden just sent American troops to Syria. Well, you didn't know that? Yep. Hours after he became president, American soldiers crossed into the nation of Syria. Sending them to Syria was one of the first things Joe Biden did. Somehow most of the media forgot to even mention that. In their defense, as noted, there's a lot going on in the news, including a lot of troop mobilization. Syria's not the only place they're massing. Washington, D.C. looks like occupied Sarajevo tonight, a small city overflowing with soldiers. The troops came last month, tens of thousands of them. We were told they're going to protect the capital from the inevitable right-wing violence certainly certain to accompany Joe Biden's inauguration. Then Joe Biden was inaugurated and there wasn't any violence. Donald Trump didn't chain himself to North Portico. Trump voters didn't rush the stage. The Trump restoration never happened. And yet the troops stayed. No one in Congress seemed to notice, but in fact, they're still arriving as of tonight, thousands of them. As of last Thursday, National Guard troops from 23 states were stationed in Washington. That number seems to have risen over the past few days. We called the National Guard today to find out by how much, but they couldn't give us numbers or wouldn't. We do know that more states have sent troops since last week. You may have seen the video of soldiers getting off buses downtown near the Capitol. What are they all doing there? Again, National Guard leadership wouldn't tell us. Quote, for operational security reasons, the spokesman said, we will not get into specific details of the ongoing mission. Oh, soldiers in our capital, but we don't have a right to know. Got it. Oh. J.B. Pritzker, who's the governor of Illinois, was not so shy about the purpose. He laid it out very clearly. In a press release announcing the deployment of more soldiers to Washington, D.C., Pritzker explained that, quote, we must root out the dark forces of racism, white supremacy, and disinformation that have created this moment. Let that sink in. The military has been deployed to Washington, D.C. to fight disinformation. All right, I'll put that link in the description bar below. And again, I want you guys to let that set in. That is Tucker Carlson on the mobilization of troops where they're telling you what's happening at the same time. Uh, we can neither confirm nor deny that we are in martial law. Let that sink in. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the administration of truth, right? <laughs> it's kind of a play on words uh, because we're talking about the ministry of truth being created by the Biden administration. The New York Times and Harvard have called for it. On top of that, you have Jeff Bezos uh, stepping down as CEO of Amazon. Turns out the person who's replacing him was the person that decided to shut down Harler. Uh, we also have a video coming out from Project Veritas where the Facebook executives admit they're too powerful. And at the same time, the Biden administration has reached out to them. We are seeing the creation 
of the technocracy. We are seeing the creation of the Big Brother government and unfortunately the fall of our once great public. Very, very interesting days ahead, dark days nonetheless. And I'll try to be here with you guys as long as I can. Uh, but like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. state of war and you have precious little time to save yourself it's a slow process which we call active measures first stage being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. The next stage is destabilization. What matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. The next stage is crisis with a violent change of power, structure and economy. Period of normalization. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C. who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfilled or not. time bomb is ticking, but every second the disaster is coming closer and closer, the danger is real.
do when you get to throwing sticks and stones, burning flags in the streets, we gon' break some bones, try this. Then you had to ride in the streets, now you even tryna ban my speech. This ain't gonna fly, we can see the evil in your eyes. Hillary for prison and die. <laughs> Infowars, Alex Jones, Stephen Crowder, and Owen Schroyer, Gavin McGinnis, proud boy for life, God my witness, Mark Levin, Dan Bonzino, you do business, diamond and silk, and Candace Owens, Kanye West standing with you while the flag is blowing, across the pond, to Paul Joseph Watson, homie you're the bomb like jihadis in Boston, unintended, so don't get offended, you snowflakes, safe space, spineless dependents, I'ma work my bloody hands to the bone, while you dream about the day that you could get Roger Stone, the deep state, man, your cover was blown, about time that you sent Tommy Robinson home, top off the jet, you did a lot of things you regret, Bill Clinton flying up in that Lolita Express, shame on If you voted for Trump You're not a bigot if you wear a MAGA hat and get jumped You're not a sexist if your girl makes you breakfast You're not a privileged white male Just ignore the idiot leftists This is where my family fought to survive Where they thrive with the immigrants who work till they died And they never had a beef with any temple or tribe This is media controlling your minds Together, we will make America strong again We will make America wealthy again We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And yes, together, we will make America great again. Don't tread on me, I won't tread on you. Cut me, I bleed red, white, and blue. Homegrown and down to get dirty. I'm a mean shot with my old 30-30. Brother, we can get it if you cross that line. You can take a look at my American mind. Fly over, drop them right on top. You know, just be. And right proud proud boys, stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because. Now we're back.
Not sure what I'm doing about the left and Antifa, but we're back. You know, it's, it's so crazy how, in the blink of an eye, the American empire has been let loose on its own people. You know, Trump told the Proud Boys to step back and stand by, and now they are domestic terrorists in Canada <laughs> and America. And uh, this is where we're at. How dare you stand up for yourself? How dare you stand up for others? How dare you believe in anything other than what we're telling you to believe? And I feel like that is the craziest part about it all is the simple fact that they're not really telling you what the rules are, what they believe in, what they're actually trying to get across. They're just telling you what you can't believe in, what you're not allowed to stand for. <laughs> Ideologically motivated extremism. <laughs> wow. Really? That's what you got? It's like they call kids, in, they, they used to call it kids in cages, but now it's overflow detention centers that have been reopened for displaced children. It's like, oh, how fancy. Mm. Oh, <laughs> oh, you just, you, you swine, you swine herder. <laughs> you dog, you fool. Don't you know they're not cages? They're overflow detention centers for children that have been displaced. <laughs> you fool. Stupid American. It's just, it's like, wow, this is, this is the wheelhouse. This is the carnival. This is the world we have now. You know, this is what happens with, when fact checkers run rampant. This is what happens when cancel culture is just like the culture. Destroying things is like the thing to do. That's why they say idle hands of the devil's play things, because we're really not creating anything. We're destroying everything. You could say that this is a part of the, people say, oh, this is the Reconstruction or the Reformation. Well, during that time period, there's a lot of stuff that has to get destroyed. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we have like a, a ministry of culture coming up soon, because think about it, right? This is where we're at now. They say politics is downwind from culture. We have a culture of hating. We have a culture of condescension, a culture of degeneration, a culture of hatred. A culture of apathy, a culture of nihilism. What do you think that's going to produce? People literally voted for Biden because he wasn't Trump. And then whenever they took his jobs, they were like, oh, I didn't think he would do it this fast. Well, he's not just doing it to you. He's doing it to everybody. And we are going to be seeing some incredible things over these next couple of years. It truly does worry me. And so that's why they're getting you used to being let down right now. That's why they're letting you get used to be de being demoralized, being criminalized, being marginalized, being ignored, right? You don't get the truth. You don't get inspired. You don't get any courage. No, no, no. You, all you get is demoralization, apathy, nihilism. Listen, austerity measures. What are you so excited about? The future's got nothing for you. This is this this is how quickly we have entered into this dystopia. Love him or hate him, Trump at least gave people hope that there was something going on. Gave people something to talk about, got them all excited again, reinvigorated faith in the system. And just like that, boom, Biden's in. And we know we're looking at 
nothing but darkness and deception. Uh, that's why they're telling you what you're seeing is misinformation. Believe us. Believe Big Brother. But let's go ahead and start getting into this article, or at least go ahead and getting into uh, this segment for you guys, The Administration of Truth, which is, again, a play on words. It's a joke. Biden having the administration of truth? The ministry of truth underneath a Biden administration? Huh? Oh, you mean this legitimate president? Huh? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let me let me go ahead and start getting into this stuff for you guys. Uh, I, I want to pull to your attention an article that came out last week from Daniel Payne of Just the News, Not the Noise. It addresses a Florida man that was basically charged with what they call a plot to deprive individuals of their right to vote. This is an article that came out January 27th, and it says that the Biden Justice Department on Wednesday announced that it has charged a Florida man in connection with using, quote, various social media platforms to, quote, disseminate misinformation designed to deprive individuals of their constitutional right to vote. Now, before I continue on, I have to read this because clearly I'm, 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 I'm thinking about me. This is a solipsism moment. I'm thinking about myself because we use various social media platforms to disseminate information uh, about things like this, not necessarily your right to vote, but you get what I'm saying. You know, I forget who said it, but if voting worked, they'd never let us do it, do it in the first place. Uh, but what this does is set a precedent for anybody else to fall underneath that guise of what they think of as election interference. And they'll use misinformation and the ability to share information on these different social media platforms as an ability to discredit, deplatform, and ultimately imprison individuals. Very, very scary precedent uh, in this popular in, in this in this most popular president in history's uh, administration. Let me get back into this. It says the department, in a press release, said it had charged 31-year-old Douglas Mackey with quote inter election interference due to his deployment of a meme in 2016, directing users to cast their vote via text. Mackey, who in 2018 was identified by Huffington Post as a user behind the infamous alt-right Twitter account Ricky Vaughn, and who regularly used that account to spread anti-Semitic and racist memes, allegedly advised Twitter users to text their 2016 vote via phone, which the DOJ said in its complaint uh, constituted, quote, criminal infringement on the right to vote. Says the specific statute under which Mackey has been charged makes it a crime to, quote, conspire to injure, oppress, threaten, or intimidate any person in the free exercise or enjoyment of any right or privilege secured to him by the Constitution or the laws of the United States. Says that Mackey faces at a maximum 10 years in prison if convicted on the charges. So this dude is facing 10 years for something he did like four or five years ago for sharing a meme. Let that sink in. Sharing a meme could get you in jail for 10 years. And I find it, again, so strange that we are still able to operate on these platforms because we have USA Today fact-checking us. Got the AP fact-checking us, factcheck.org, right? Various organizations that fact-check us and are monitoring what we're doing. I could be, I'm clearly, you know I'm underneath surveillance of some kind, dude. I wonder it all the time. I, I, I was talking to my lady about this the other day. I was like, why? Because I, I, had, I had like watched an interview 
of uh, of Mike Dunn, one of the Boogaloo boys, and you know he was he was joking about how oh, you're not a Boogaloo boy unless you've been visited by the feds. Like that's some kind of compliment. And I'm just like, dude, you're giving them all the evidence they need. You're not even like covering up your tracks if they're coming to visit you and you're proud of it. And so I thought to myself, well, shucks, why haven't I been visited by the feds? I don't, like, I, I don't want that like as like a trophy, like, oh, guys, guess what? The feds came by the other day when I was like juggling my baby. I don't, I don't want that. But, you know, it, it, it is clearly something that enters my head. Why haven't we been ha- deleted? You know, why hasn't, hasn't, haven't we been like visited? Have we been infiltrated? I mean, clearly we're being monitored to some degree, but I just have all these different questions uh, that I don't really feel like I really take the time to explore doing this type of work. But I guess, you know, again, we're just here doing it. We're here putting these pieces together, uh, trying not to raise red flags, trying to put together essentially like a production in an episode that again, chronicles this, this, this crazy clown world we've entered into. I don't think this is like any extremism or any radicalization. You know, this is just me going over news articles and clips and things and trying to explain what in good God's name is going on. Uh, but here, let me go ahead and start getting back into things with you guys. We put up this uh, video. Actually, we didn't. Project Veritas recently came out with an expose type video where Facebook executives admitted that they indeed had too much power. I feel like that's very important to read. Let me read a little bit of this article and then I'll, I'll, I'll play the quick clip for you. This is the latest expose by Project Veritas reveals hours of video obtained by an anonymous Facebook insider with Mark Zuckerberg who, and other executives admitting that they have too much power. Within the footage, some of which was shot before Biden's inauguration, Zuckerberg also claims that President Trump, quote, intends to use his remaining time in office to undermine the peaceful and lawful transition of power. He also comment or comments on the Capitol storming, proclaiming that, quote, it was struggling to see how many people in this mob were treated compared to the stark contrast we saw during the Black Lives Matter protests. Perhaps this was before it emerged that the riot was mostly organized on Facebook. Zuckerberg also fawns over Biden and Kamala Harris in the footage. Let's, 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 let's play that up for you guys. In his first day, President Biden already issued a number of executive orders um, on areas that we as a company really care uh, quite deeply about. But there has been quite a lot of disquiet expressed by many leaders around the world, from the president of Mexico to Alexander Navalny in Russia, the Chancellor Angela Merkel, and others saying, well, this shows that private companies have got too much power and they should be only making these decisions in a way that is framed by democratically uh, agreed rules. We agree with that. We agree with that. Mark will be very clear about that. But ideally, we wouldn't be taking these decisions on our own. We would be taking these decisions in line with and in conformity with democratically uh, uh, agreed uh, rules and principles. Um, and at the moment, those democratically, elected, uh, democratically agreed rules don't exist. We still have to take decisions in real time. We have a system that uh, is able to freeze commenting on threads in cases where our systems are um, detecting that there may be a thread that has hate speech or violence sort of in the comments. These are all things we've built over the past three, four years. 
as part of our investments into the integrity space or efforts to protect elections. I wonder whether or not we can use Oculus to help a white police officer understand what it feels like to be a young black man who's stopped and searched and arrested by the police. And I want every major decision to run through a civil rights lens. I think that these were, were all important and positive steps. And um, I, I am looking forward uh, to, to opportunities where Facebook is gonna be able to work together uh, with this new administration um, on some of their top priorities, starting uh, with the COVID response. Project Veritas. Be brave. Do something. So there you have it. Mark Zuckerbot and various other CEOs within his company, presidents, employees, basically, uh, his cronies, various people within the FedBook organization are looking forward to working with a Biden administration. They're looking forward to policing content. They are looking forward to moderating your messages and manipulating society. These people know full well what they're doing. They know that they're engaging in social engineering techniques. They know that they are literally the outlet where people get their news, their information, their entertainment. I think it's cancer. I'm kind of frustrated that we have become so embedded on Instagram and Fedbook, uh, but not really Fedbook. We're we're really off of that. Thank the Lord. But you get what I'm trying to say. These people know full well, that was Nick Clegg, head of global affairs at Fedbook that agreed saying that they know they've acquired too much power. They know they are uh, basically a government and a power onto themselves, but they are alluding and giving giving the appearance off as if they are democratic. Like you've got to understand these people, the technocrats, the scientific dictatorship, this 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 court this corporatocracy that is living and breathing, coexisting with us. They know full well what they have created, what it is doing. That's why they'll go to Congress. That's why they'll sit there and they'll lie in front of people. They know it because they're snakes. They're 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 they're, they're reflections, imitations of humanity. But I'm I'm ranting. What I'm really trying to say is when we look at this type of stuff, when we look at the administration of truth working with these big tech organizations to, again, give you pre-approved content, curating information, monitoring, uh, uh, monitoring messages, deleting content, again, literally shaping the truth for you. How crazy is that? And they know they're doing it. Like I went on a uh, I went on a rant earlier this week about how QAnon is essentially like a highly advanced or how some type of QAnons, if people get into that type of stuff, or how they'll develop future QAnons that will literally be like AI chatbots that deliver massive amounts of so-called cryptic information curated specifically for you to make you think that you're learning something new. And I think that's kind of crazy because People have no, people. People can't tell truth from lies anymore. Fact from fiction. Like things have become so blurred because of the technocrats and and, and and social media that they truly have been able to warp and manipulate reality. They have hacked reality, and it is it, it, it it's just kind of crazy to see because if we don't have a public square where we can exchange information to where we're able to express ourselves effectively and engage in civil discourse or even agreements. That's very dangerous in this new society where they're wiping away certain rights, telling you to put your mask on, uh, 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 censoring free speech, not allowing the First Amendment, things like this and more. Like it, 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 again, just like 
in the previous segment where we were talking about these these ideologically motivated extremist actions that are taking place. We're just asking what the system thinks is an appropriate mindset. The same thing can be said for Facebook and these technocrats and more. What what do they consider hate speech? What are the community guidelines? Everything's so vague, we're just not sure what we should do other than anything we want to do. Very, very interesting world that we have found ourselves in, ladies and gentlemen. Because guess what? We're not done. That's the sad part. If anything, we're just getting started. These people, this is after they've declared you a domestic terrorist. (laughs) These people are literally power tripping. They're like, great, we have more power than a government. We have all the attention, all the money. What do we do? Let's begin to rewrite history. Let's change society as a whole. Check this out. And now you have the White House pressuring social media companies to censor hate speech. Here's Jen Psaki. Uh, as you know, President Trump has been barred from a lot of social media sites. Just curious whether you think his absence has made your job any easier or the White House's job any easier as it kind of goes forward on these COVID negotiations. In what way? Uh, he created a lot of noise, right? He, uh, he, would, he would have certain gravitational pull of Republicans who may be, um, may be more inclined to take a harder position. wonder if that's been anything that you guys have thought about or kind of considered. This may be hard to believe. We don't spend a lot of time talking about or thinking about President Trump here, former President Trump, uh, to, to be very clear. Um, I think that's a question that's probably more appropriate for Republican members um, who um, are looking for ways to support a bipartisan package uh, and whether that gives them space. But uh, I can't say we miss him on Twitter. Does President Biden support the continuing ban of, of, of President Trump on their sites? I think that's a decision made by Twitter. We've, we've certainly spoken to, and he's spoken to, um, the need for... Uh, as you know, President Trump has been barred yeah, later on social media sites. You advocated, but uh, basically they're saying that they advocate for censoring people, uh, content moderation, uh, things like this and more. You know, they're telling you right out the gate, hey, we don't care about First Amendment. We don't care about Second Amendment. They're, they're, they're telling you that. That's what's kind of crazy. She later goes on uh, to kind of scoff at the Space Force, too, either in this press release or this press conference or a subsequent one where she literally scoffs at the idea and the creation of the Space Force. And so this is now the people in power. This is the administration of truth. They laugh. They laugh at you. They take your rights. They circle back. They, they literally hit you with the company line. They... They say they're all for transparency when there's none at all. This is kind of crazy. This is the world that we've entered into. I I feel like we're literally being capped as far as information goes and as far as uh, human involvement. Uh, There's there's, there's just so many things that that I see going wrong with this already. That it's uh, (laughs) all it can do is worry me. Uh, But uh, continuing on with this trend of censoring people and people with too much power, check this out. Jeff Bezos to step down as CEO. Amazon executive who made the decision to shut down Parler will replace him. This is an article that comes from Pat McMurray. They put this up over there at the Gateway Pundit on February 3rd. And it says Amazon's Jeff Bezos announced that he will be stepping down and Amazon Web Services CEO Andy Jassy, who was ultimately responsible for banning Parler, take over as CEO. 
100% Fed Up reports that Jassy will become the new CEO of Amazon later this year. The incoming CEO, currently the head of the Amazon Web Services, which banned Parler from the internet last month under the guise of having a concern for the public safety. AWS kicked Parler offline earlier this year, claiming that the user social users on the social media platform might, quote, incite violence, a narrative being used by several far right, far left big tech companies to justify taking unprecedented action against President Trump and his supporters. Before I continue on, this is the trend. I thoroughly believe that this will become the trend. So things like Telegram, MeWe, Minds, uh, you know, these platforms, Clout Hub, Gab, we can only hope that, that, that Gab stays up there, uh, but they're going to be taken off because it's, it, it's, it's going to go down to URLs. It's going to go down to, again, server service providers. Just, uh, just, I think just today, either just today or yesterday, one of the former CEOs of Parler uh, came out saying that he was removed from the board that they had made a board-wide decision to remove the, the previous CEO and replace them with somebody else. And so what you're seeing is money, money, m- money work. You're seeing money talk. Like these people used us as the product. When everything was free, they used us as a product to get embedded into their services. You get that? Like they, they, they used the, like Google saying, oh, don't be evil. They used the idea of the First Amendment of free speech, of open discourse, of social media. They use that as like the carrot to get you into their platforms and say, hey, look, we kind of like free speech. Like, look, you can say whatever here. You can do whatever here. Come join us. And then once they got people domesticated and habituated to checking their platforms and literally relying to them more than more than their own guts, uh, that's whenever they started the switch. That was the bait and switch. They hooked you in there saying, hey, come have fun. Everything's free over here. Look, we have Farmville. You know, and then everybody got over there. Everybody got indoctrinated, used to seeing their friends on social media. And that's when the programming became a thing. That's the 1984. That's the technocracy. That's the social engineering. And now, now that people have begun to woke up, wake up and see the, t- see the tentacles of technology tempting them and controlling them, they're trying to find alternative platforms. They're trying to migrate other, other ways. They're trying to create con- different configurations to get the content out. And so these webs, these web, masters these these spiders within the webs they have figured out how to trap us and that's what i thoroughly see is going to take place in the future they're going to use these 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 internet providers these 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 service providers they're going to threaten them and they're going to kick some of these people off the idea is to not give free thinking individual people a place to 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 hang out they don't want people conversing openly or at least authentically they want them to literally think that they are alone and isolated. They want to give you the illusion of freedom so that they can overwrite your free thinking thoughts with a pre-approved government statement. Let me get back into this. This is uh, Parler re- uh, reacted by feeling an anti- filing an anti-lawsuit, antitrust lawsuit against Amazon, alleging that the tech giants kicked the social media platform off its web hosting services, not out of concern for the public, but rather due to being Quote, motivated by political animus. While big tech companies and liberal Democratic or Democrat lawmakers focus on Parler as the sole platform of which pro-Trump supporters organize, FBI affidavits say otherwise. Breitbart News reported that 
A criminal complaint filed a few weeks ago revealed that, the, that a search warrant was issued on a protester's Facebook account as mounting evidence suggests that the individuals used Facebook to help organize the Capitol Hill riots or protests. The DOJ has filed several, lo- several charges against protesters who were using Facebook to plan their visit to D.C. Moreover, John Sullivan, the left-wing activist who was arrested and charged in connection to the Capitol Hill riot, had a Twitter account and still has a YouTube account, which he used to post videos of the siege, videos in which he can be heard encouraging the protesters on Capitol Hill. Quote, nothing will stop us. They can try and try and try, but the storm is here, and it's descending upon D.C. in less than 24 hours. Dark to light, wrote Ashley Babbitt on Twitter one day before she was fatally shot by a police officer inside the Capitol building. One has to ask, who will Big Tech censor next? Because that's where we're at. I'm asking all the time, why am I still here? I might need to ask in a better way, but you, you, you get what I'm saying. We are allowed to operate for some very, very strange reason. Maybe because we have our finger on the pulse. Maybe because we hit too many erratic things for them to nail us with one. I'm not sure, but I don't want to look that horse or look that, uh, I don't want to look that crystal ball in the eye. You get what I'm saying? But speaking of censoring and speaking of fighting back, check this out. The governor cracks down on big tech, lets residents sue over censorship. $100,000 daily for a fine for suspending political candidates. So I think those are the type of moves we need to see. We need to see back on, I don't, because here's what happens. This corporation got too big. Now you're using the government to come in and regulate these corporations so that it can be fair and equitable. That's the idea, right? I'm not sure. You know, you can't, we, we can't keep having like passe arguments like, oh, go build your own platform. Well, we did build our own platform. They took, they came after that. Oh, well, start something else. Well, we started something else. They called it a, a white supremacist nest. Oh, well, just go over here. It's like you, this is the mindset to where no one ever wins. And these guys, these guys just accrue more and more power and we let them. To a degree, I would say that we need to have the government get involved in some of these organizations. I mean, they already are to a degree, but we need to have a public relationship to where we can see them being throttled. So I think this is a step in the right direction. I think we'll see more of this. So let's go ahead and start getting into this. It comes from Zero Hedge. They put this up February 2nd. Says Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has taken bold action against big tech, announcing several measures to counter widespread censorship of conservatives and promote the free exchange of information. As reported by Breitbart's uh, Alun Bakari, the measures announced on Tuesday in a 45-minute speech include mandatory opt-ins on content filters for, for Floridians, fines, and grants residents the ability to sue over censorship. More via Breitbart, it says mandatory opt-ins or opt-outs from big tech's content filters, a solution to tech censorship first proposed by Bart Dark News in 2018, a private right of action for Floridian citizens against tech companies that violate this condition. Fines of $100,000 per day levied on tech companies that suspend candidates for elected office in Florida from their platforms. Daily fines for any tech company that, quote, uses their content and their user-related algorithms to suppress or prioritize the access of any content to a, related to a political candidate or cause on the ballot. Greater transparency requirements 
uh, disclosure requirements enforced by Florida's election authorities for tech companies that favor one candidate over another. And it also says power for the Florida attorney general to bring cases against big tech companies that violate these conditions under the state's unfair and deceptive practices act. Quote, what began as a group of upstart companies from the West Coast has transformed into an industry of monopoly communications platforms that monitor, influence and control the flow of information in our country and among our citizens. And they do this to an extent hitherto other unimaginable, said DeSantis. And that quote, these platforms have changed from neutral platforms that provide Americans with the freedom to speak to enforcers of preferred narratives. Consequently, these platforms have played an increasingly decisive role in elections, and they have negatively impacted Americans who dissent from orthodoxes favored by the big tech cartel. Some 250 million Americans, or around four out of every five people, have social media accounts. Other Florida conservatives weighed in on Tuesday's announcements. You guys can read more about that on the actual article. But that's more of what we need. We need more leadership, basically. <laughs> we need people with some huevos stepping up saying, hey, you can't keep doing this. You're actually interfering with people's livelihoods. You're interfering with the natural flow of things, the rule of law, how our country is organized. I know this censorship isn't a big deal to you, but you're messing with people's political, candidate, uh, political campaigns which also interferes with how we do things. And so while you might be censoring one opinion, you're actually not allowing the free exchange of information, the free discussion that we pride ourselves on. We're big boys, we're big girls, we can take it. But what we can't take is people being unfair and being deceptive, practicing things like this. And I think we need more of that. We need more people fighting back. We need more leadership and we need more people rising up. Because at this point, like I said before at the start of this segment, it's seeming very dark. Like we're out here by ourselves, seeing all of these, again, deceptive and unfair manipulative practices being done on the public. The people don't feel like they have a voice. No one's fighting for them. Everybody's hands are tied. But that's why I say kudos to you, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, for fighting back against big tech. And I think we'll see more of that. Hopefully we have more politicians and more actual influencers that do some good shining a light on the injustices of society. Speaking of, speaking of or about more injustices right here, Michigan prosecutor dismisses over 1,600 of Governor Gretchen Whitmer's COVID violations, ruling them unconstitutional. This is an article that comes from Joseph Weber over there at Just the News, Not the Noise. They put this up February 2nd. And it says a county prosecutor in Michigan has dismissed more than 1,600 ordinance violations and misdemeanor citations related to Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer's coronavirus emergency orders that have been determined to violate the state constitution. And that's what we need more of. These dictators and these politicians think that they can get away with all this stuff because they haven't been held accountable. Just like Governor Gavin Newsom <laughs> rolling back some of the lockdown orders after a Biden administration. Well, you got to ask, is it because of Biden or is it because of people organizing against him, trying to recall him because they say it's inevitable? You could say the storm is here, but that's what I'm saying. Because of what they are doing, the rapid nature at which they are moving, it is forcing people to wake up. It is forcing people out of their comfortability shells. They are seeing this tyranny and they are fighting back. They are learning what they can do. 
But you got to understand that for the past three to four generations, people haven't had to get politically activated like this. They haven't been motivated. But that's also what I'm talking about. This is no longer just the left against the right. People are literally seeing their rights be eroded day by day. Governors coming up with unconstitutional edicts, forcing them down your throat. Wear that mask. Oh, you didn't wear that mask? You're fined. It's like, what? No going to the park. Churches aren't, churches aren't essential. Go to a liquor store. <laughs> You're not allowed to shop. Wasn't it, wasn't it in uh, Michigan where they literally shut down the seed aisle? That's how you know this isn't for health. This is about power. And so for somebody to dismiss all of her like violations, that's a good thing that we need. That we need. They need to slap this witch in the face because these people think that they can get away with these things. And once they, gun, once they run amok with power, well, you see what Biden's already doing. We need to start calling out these people, recalling them, deposing them, getting them out of office, letting them know they're on notice. That's not ideologically motivated extremism. That's honesty. You're taking food from people's mouths. You're destroying the livelihoods of families. You're destroying this country and people's futures. And you don't want them to stand up? How dare you? And how dare you for going along with it? Shame on you. So you see, that's, that's where we need to start coming from. Casting shame on these people. Not getting involved in the left-right paradigm nonsense. No, 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 no. Appeal to their human aspect. Shame on you. You know full well what this is doing. Shame on you. And that's where we need to come from. Destroying people's lives. Disrupting the natural order of things. <laughs> Again, this is the rule of law versus the rule of man. That's all I can say. Shame on you, Governor Gretchen Whitmer. But good on that prosecutor for dismissing that. And if we see more of that go down, that'll be the template. That'll be the formula. That'll be the format. To where people push back and say, you know what? This is, this is, this is uncalled for. I'm not going to enable this type of behavior. We do not need to have this type of rule of law. Because it's not actual law. Oh, they say trust the science. This isn't law. This isn't science. This is authoritarianism and it needs to be exposed. Shame on you. Shame on you for trying to pull that on me. How dare you? Oh my God. Look at this right here. Tyrannical gov California Governor Newsom panics as his recall becomes inevitable. Yeah. Yes. And we need more of that right here. California Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom looks almost certain to be fired from his job as governor as the recalled efforts near its goal of 1.5 million signatures. Yeah, that's right. An article that comes from Nima Harris over their news punch. They put this up February 1st. It says Newsom. A deeply disliked governor has seen his approval numbers plummet to historic lows as the coronavirus pandemic ravages California. Yeah, because we saw with California, New York, and other states throughout the country like Chicago and Michigan, or I guess Illinois and Michigan, where they were just running amok with power, man. They were just having a field day. And again, you didn't think people were going to get organized? You're over here shutting down businesses, Newsom, but allowing for your winery to still open. Oh, people can't go out there and have, biz have, have dinners, but you can. And so here's the, here's, the, here's the truth. 
here's what's here's what's really happening. I'm not even going to read this. Here's what's really happening. People are getting frustrated seeing this type of stuff and they're getting activated. The trap was to get us addicted to social media thinking that that was going to be the change. Uh-uh. That's how it works. That was more of that carrot in the stick type stuff. They got us trapped inside of the cage. We can't do anything about it. What we really should be doing is rallying the troops, networking with other people, other organizations. I'll try to figure out another way to explain this, but earlier this week, I had talked about my uh, MMORPG role casting system, the massive multiplayer online RPG uh, role playing game class style system where you have your wizard class, your warrior class, your healer class, and your range class. You see, here's the problem. We're over here getting addicted to social media, but not getting organized, not getting strategic, not getting tactical. And so when we get outraged on social media, that's good. That's one thing. But we also need to be organized out there in the three-dimensional real world. We need networking with other groups. You see, people that work on either vaccines, people that work on the legal aspect, people that work on the environmental aspect, people that work on the social cultural aspect, people that work on the financial aspect. We need every hands on deck. But you are not going to get that on social media. I tell you that. Because it is a facsimile of the real. It's not authentic. But you see, that's what they've got us doing. Over here, pandering to people on social media, virtue signaling, acting like we're supposed to care about these things when we're not actually fighting the fight, doing the work, getting organized and combating this. But the very same way that I am sitting over here talking and lecturing to you, my good friends, is the way that these things are happening in people's backyards, in their own homes. Because the thing about freedom is no one holds on to it. It's an idea, and ideas are bulletproof. And now, Governor Gavin Newsom is going to be recalled. So will Governor Gretchen Whitmer. You already see the rhetoric from New York uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo changing. Because you see, that stuff was cool then. People are getting upset now because the truth is out. It wasn't Trump that was the problem. It was you guys. It was you guys all along. And so these inept politicians, <laughs> these inept, incompetent politicians will be the thing, the downfall of them will be the thing that unifies us. But here, let me get into the, the, the prime article that I'd like to get into, the, 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 the piece for which this segment is named. That should terrify and send chills down the spines of every free-thinking individual. Right here. Liberals at the New York Times and Harvard are now calling for the creation of a ministry of truth by the Biden administration to control what people say and think. An article that comes from Jeffrey Greider over there now the end begins. They put this up February 2nd. The same sentiments were also echoed by Paul Joseph Watson over there at Summit.News, where he says that the New York Times calls Biden or calls for Biden to appoint a, quote, reality czar to, quote, fight misinformation. That's right. And the article comes from the New York Times. It says how the Biden administration can solve our reality crisis. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, no, this decrepit man who can hardly put a pen in his jacket pocket, in his blazer pocket, he's going to lead the country. This man who's been able to achieve nothing for 50 years is going to be creating 
the ministry of truth. This man that double talks every time you hear him speak is going to create the ministry of truth. Where war is peace, freedom is slavery, and ignorance is strength. Don't worry. Trust the science. Trust the experts. This is the this is this is the ideology that's put, being put out there. Don't think for yourself. Just believe what we're telling you. How dangerous is this? Let's get into this. It, 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 it's crazy. A reality is our. <laughs> Somebody it, watch it be Mark Zuckerberg. This is crazy. This is the experts agreed that before the Biden administration can tackle disinformation and extremism, it needs to understand the scope of the problem. A ministry of truth would be the perfect place to begin, they say. It's crazy. It's like they're not even. It's like they're not even trying to hide it. Yes, we're. <laughs> it's like they're not even trying to hide it. Amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm kind of at a loss for words. Uh, but here, let me get back into this article. It says, it's funny how every time the liberals talk about radical groups, they never mention outfits like Antifa and Black Lives Matter, whose six months worth of deadly riots caused 12 deaths, two rapes, and over $2 billion in damages. They never mention Occupy Wall Street, the Sunrise Movement, or any of the leftist agitator groups. Oh, wait, my bad. Totally forgot that George Soros spent millions for a share in the New York Times. Yes, the same George Soros who spent billions financing the left riots here in the United States since 2013. It says, quote, the Ministry of Peace concerns itself with war. The Ministry of Truth concerns itself with lies. The Ministry of Love with torture. And the Ministry of Plenty with starvation. These contradictions are not accidental, nor do they result from the ordinary hypocrisy. They are deliberate exercises in doublethink. George Orwell, 1984. If you're a Bible-believing Christian, you better prepare for a touch of persecution before Flight 77 takes off. At this point, that's almost a foregone conclusion, even in the pre-tribulation rapture, were to happen this springtime. But be strong. Quit ye like men and women who serve the risen Savior. It is for this moment we were saved, and this time that we are called to do what soldiers naturally do. The war is real. The battle haunt and the time is short to fight. This comes from the New York Times. It says how the Biden administration can help solve our reality crisis by creating a ministry of truth. <laughs> yes, it, crazy. Uh, Joan Donovan, the research director of Harvard University's Schroenstein Center for Media, Politics and Public Policy, suggested the Biden administration could set up a, quote, truth commission similar to the 9-11 commission to investigate the planning and execution of the Capitol siege on January 6th says this effort, she said, would ideally be led by people with deep knowledge of the many, quote, networked factions. Wow. Sounds like a factions of freedom. The many networked factions that coordinated and carried out the riot, including white supremacist groups and far-right militias. Quote, there must be accountability for these actions, Dr. Donovan said. Quote, my fear is he will, that we will get distracted as a society and focus too much on giving voice to the fringe groups they came out in droves for Trump. These experts were heartened that the Biden administration had already announced a, quote, comprehensive threat assessment of domestic extremism after the Capitol riots. But they cautioned that categorizing these extremists as, quote, domestic terrorists, while understandable given the damage they've caused, could backfire. 
They noted that counterterrorism efforts had historically been used to justify expanding state power in ways that end up harming religious and ethnic minorities, and that today's domestic extremism crisis didn't map neatly onto older, more conventional types of terrorist terror threats. Instead, they suggested using news and narrower labels that could help distinguish between different types of movements and different levels of influence within those movements. A paranoid retiree who spends all day reading QAnon forums isn't the same as an armed militia leader, and we should delineate one from the other. Several experts I spoke with recommended that the Biden administration put together a cross-agency task force to tackle disinformation and domestic extremism, which would be led by something like a, quote, reality czar. It sounds a little dystopian, I'll grant, but let's hear them out. It says, right now, these experts said that the federal government's response to disinformation and domestic extremism is haphazard and spread across multiple agencies, and there's a lot of un- unnecessary overlap. Rene DeSabresta, a disinformation researcher at Stanford's Internet Observatory, gave the example of two seemingly unrelated problems, misinformation about COVID-19 misinformation about election fraud. Often, she said, the same people and groups are responsible for spreading both types. So, instead of two parallel processes, one of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention aimed at tamping down COVID-related conspiracy theories and another at the Federal Election Commission trying to correct voting misinformation. A centralized task force could coordinate a single strategic response. Quote, if each of them are doing it distinctly and independently, you run the risk of missing connections, both in terms of the content and in terms of tactics that are used to execute on the campaign, Mr. DeResta said. This task force could also, be, could also meet regularly with tech platforms and push for structural changes that could help those companies tackle their own extremism and misinformation problems. For example, it could formulate, quote, safe harbor exemptions that would allow platforms to share data about QAnon and other conspiracy theory communities with researchers and government agencies without running afoul of privacy laws. And it, would, could, and, it could t- and it could become the tip of the spear for federal government's response to the reality crisis. To the reality crisis. Man, this is so crazy. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm an upside down world. Like this is, uh, this, is, this is the 1984 aspect of COVID-19. Where they know full well what they've done. They've launched this bioweapon at the same time as an election scrambling and tra- traumatizing the hell out of a fair amount of the population. And then they have the gall to come out and say, we need a reality czar. All right. We need somebody to help distinguish fact from fiction. We need it. We need the Biden administration to come up with a ministry of truth. We're having a reality crisis. This is insane. So after they've literally traumatized, radicalized and brainwashed and demoralized a fair amount of the population, they decided to come out with a, Ministry of Truth, and realities are to help tell people this is what you need to believe in. Don't worry about all these other viewpoints. Don't worry about all these other ideologies. We'll tell you what to think. If you if if you think if you have some of that old think, some of that old world order thinking, right? If you still believed in country, believed in your president, believed in God, you know you're an extremist. You're 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 a religious extremist that needs to be deprogrammed and then reprogrammed into the new way of thinking. This is that 1984, and they, and they say it in such a loving manner that it makes it seem like they're the good guys. This is the administration of truth. This is how they tell you what to believe in. This is how they shape the narrative. This is trumping in the technocracy. This is the scientific dictatorship. 
a reality czar. Think about that. A ministry of truth and a reality czar telling you what you are allowed to believe in. Curating content, working with big tech companies, knowing full well that those are basically just brainwashing centers and that your phone is essentially the portal through which they brainwash you. Curating content, allowing for certain viewpoints. Digital book burning. <laughs> wow. Wow. This is where we're at. A, a reality crisis. I am aghast. I have no idea what to say. So, if you thought this was crazy, they're, like I said, they're just announcing this at the start of his administration. They're just letting you know from the get-go where they're going to go. Federal mask mandates, domestic terrorism, reality, uh, reality czars, a, a, a ministry of truth. This is crazy. This is government run amok. This is that big brother 1984 world. And the only way to fight it is to be based in reality. The sad part is, is whenever we saw all this going down to in China a couple of years ago, uh, we saw them destroy George Orwell's 1984. We saw them come after Christians and more because the truth was in there. The truth will set you free. They'll arm, you have to be armed with the facts to help fight this stuff. That's, why it's, that's what I'm saying throughout the entirety of this. I don't think a lot of this will succeed simply because of how fast they're moving. It's going to wake a fair amount of people up, and there will be pushback. But the same, thing, the same way that we had covered QAnon uh, mimicking a Bolshevik operation in the 1920s is the same way we have to be worried about controlled opposition. This is the same thing I'm worried about, about me being in this position. These networked factions, what, a faction of freedom? Factions of freedom, to be precise. Multiple people trying to work together to uphold this idea of freedom. And you're right. One person that's researching QAnon conspiracies isn't the same person that goes out there and does weekly or monthly trainings. But they're still networked. They're still communicating because they're unified over this idea of freedom. Not compliance, not capitulation, not submission, or state-ordered government, not state uh, uh, state-approved power, but freedom, something immaterial, kind of like God. You see how it, at first it's going to be your rights, your liberties, and then it's going to be your spirituality, your God and more. I mean, I'm telling you, the same way that we saw them tear down statues a couple years ago, last year, really, is the same way that they're coming for Jesus next. They're coming for your God next. This is, again, why you have former CIA director John Brennan saying that religious extremists create this unholy alliance with libertarians and more. Because again, how dare you be a free-thinking individual in this administration of truth with the most popular president in American history? Like, we're already starting to condition our mind to, to, to accept lies and to play this bullcrap. That's why we have to make jokes that this is the most popular president in U.S. history. He got all of the votes. Wow. <laughs> very, very interesting day we are entering into. And speaking of the administration of truth, we're going to be coming back because we're going to take a quick break. Coming back, talking about how people are combating COVID. Seems like our kids are somehow in the game. There's a showdown in Chicago as teachers have begun to defy the mayor's orders. They're saying that a strike is imminent. Teachers want to go back to in-person learning. They want to educate the kids. They say that they, they see the suicide. They see the mental health depreciate. They see what COVID is doing. 
people are trying to fight back against it. But because we have got a government that is running amok, running roughshod on us, a big brother government that thinks it knows what we want, it's not letting it happen. You also have Chinese police arresting a ringleader and suspects in a fake COVID vaccine ring. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course, they're trying to collect your DNA. They're trying to not only poison you, but collect your DNA. We are in a war. And COVID is a single bullet. We're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. that's what Americans do now. They're always willing to trade away a little of their freedom in exchange for the feeling, the illusion of security. What we have now is a completely neurotic population obsessed with, with security and safety and crime and drugs and cleanliness and hygiene and germs. There's another thing, germs. Where did this sudden fear of germs come from? in this country. Have you noticed this? The media constantly running stories about all the latest infections, salmonella, E. coli, hantavirus, bird flu, and, and Americans are, they panic easily, so now everybody's running around scrubbing this and spraying that and overcooking their food and repeatedly washing their hands, trying to avoid all contact with germs. It's ridiculous and it goes to ridiculous lengths. Fear of germs, why these fucking pussies? <laughs> Hey, where's your sense of adventure? Take a fucking chance, will you? <laughs> Besides, what do you think you have an immune system for? It's for killing germs. But it needs practice. It needs germs to practice on. <laughs> so, so listen. So listen. If you kill all the germs around you and live a completely sterile life, then when germs do come along, you're not going to be prepared. And never mind ordinary germs, what are you going to do when some super virus comes along that turns your vital organs into liquid shit? I'll tell you what you're going to do, you're going to get sick, you're going to die, and you're going to deserve it because you're fucking weak and you got a fucking weak immune system. Now, Let me tell you a true story about immunization, okay? When I was a little boy in New York City in the 1940s, we swam in the Hudson River, and it was filled with raw sewage, okay? We swam in raw sewage, you know, to cool off. And at that time, the big fear was polio. Thousands of kids died from polio every year. But you know something? In my neighborhood, no one ever got polio. No one ever. You know why? Because we swam in raw sewage. It strengthened our immune systems. The polio never had a prayer. We were tempered in raw shit. In a world where secret powers are in play, where nothing is as it seems, one brand of clothing gives Crusaders of Truth a voice. One brand in the fight against terror, deceit, and destruction. We are not merchants of fear. We are not a parody of free thinkers. It was almost like they ignored it because they wanted it to happen. I occasionally think how quickly 
our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. This season, get ready to awaken the masses. Forget the politicians. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. Forbidden clothes. Because if you know, you know. have some fun you know you gotta have some fun with it because uh it's dark it's dark man life's getting crazy out there i have to have some fun with it stuff is stuff is wild <laughs> you know they are they're, they're they're calling you a terrorist and extremist what because i want to have like two maybe three kids the, uh, <laughs> like it's 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 crazy, man. What is going on out there? So, yeah, you got to learn to laugh at it. Uh, while it is important to be informed and educated about these things, you also have to sometimes nerf it, you know, the same way that they have QAnon coming in, kind of making everything like a game and a joke about uh, child sex trafficking, satanic ritual abuse, and so much more. To another level, we also have to nerf and cuck a lot, a lot of what they're saying and a lot of what they're doing. We have to expose it because these 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 bullies, essentially, uh, these grandstanding, virtue signaling, soapbox standing people, have to be called out and then at the same time nerfed. We have to jest. We have to not take them so serious, and if anything, learn to throw it in their face. And that's that's got to be the skill. I think a lot of what happened, you know, you can call this Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals, or you know, the satanic inversion, or how these people operate, but they've definitely changed their approach and how they get across some of these social and political agendas. And so because to a degree, we are caught up in the old way of thinking, we fall for it every single time. We run headfirst right into a trap, knowing full well it's a trap, unable to work ourselves out because they have changed the game. They have switched tracks. They are using different tactics. And if we don't learn Either that if we don't learn that we're in a different wheelhouse or learn a new set of skills, my friends, I tell you, we're going to fall into the same traps time and time again because they got a playbook. Not only do they have a playbook, but they have agendas and things they're trying to get across. And if we don't become aware of the agendas, aware of the playbooks, aware of their tactics, we're just going to enable them. Like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez literally getting on Instagram crying about how 
she was attacked at the Capitol, even though her office is in a whole different building. Like, come on now, dude. This is what needs to happen. These people need to be called out for the liars they are and then have their power taken from them to a degree by giving them airtime, by giving them energy, by giving them attention. We are giving them power. And that's what some people are saying. That was the worst thing that Trump did is by acknowledging things like Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and all these other groups. He, he basically emboldened the leftists. He emboldened a lot of this behavior because he, he allowed for them to get more and more progressively angry, more and more agitated. He egged them on. And that's why they're so organized. That's why they're so weaponized. And that's why they're so charged because they've got the power now. They've already identified their targets. They've, 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 they're putting them on domestic watch terror lists, this, that, and the third. This is another reason why I have a problem with Twitter taking down Antifa because we need to watch them. But I digress. What I'm trying to say is we need to learn the different tactics, learn the phase of the war that we're in, and try different things. And so to a degree, laughing at them helps because it is ridiculous uh, for them to be doing what they are doing. Speaking of ridiculous and people doing what they're doing, a week after saying wear two masks, Dr. Anthony Fauci says it won't make a difference. There are many people who feel, you know, if you want to have an extra little uh, bit of protection, maybe I should put two masks on. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's no data that indicates that that is going to make a difference. And that's the reason why the CDC has not changed the recommendations. There are many people who feel. Less than one week after advising Americans that wearing two or even three masks would be more effective against the spread of the coronavirus, Dr. Anthony has done a complete 180 again and admitted that there is no data to suggest that it will make any difference. This is an article that comes from Ponsitz of Watson over there at Summit.News. They put this up February 1st. It says, after Fauci made the comments last week, the media began to push the idea that two masks weren't enough and that people needed to wear three or even four masks. However, during an interview at, over the weekend, Fauci completely contradicted his own comments from the previous week. It shouldn't come as a surprise, given that Fauci has flip-flopped continuously on masks, having originally said that there's, quote, no reason to even be walking around with a mask, and that they are more, little more than symbolic. Later, Fauci fully embraced the masks and stated that they need to stay on until everyone is vaccinated, as we previously highlighted, and went from wearing a mask and now wearing two masks being the best way to virtue signal. Why concern yourself with trivial matters such as breathing when the wearing of multiple face coverings is so effective in delivering social media clout? Don't let the 